0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs, the radio show that features the stories of leadership and entrepreneurship and how to deal with this ever-changing economy. Uh, every week, we like to speak with Mark Furman, attorney at the law firm of Tarlow, Breed, Hart & Rogers. It's Entrepreneurship and the Law with Mark Furman. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Hi, Jeffrey. Great to be with you.
0: Thank you. Mark, there's a lot going on uh, in terms of the law and business right now. What's... Uh, What's on the agenda for today?
1: Well, we have a, a a big development in the fact that the United States Supreme Court has just accepted cases from appeals brought uh, challenging the use of uh, uh, affirmative action policies at uh, the u- universities, particularly Harvard and UNC. And in both cases, lower court judges have found in favor of the institutions which allow race among other factors to be considered, actually many other factors to be considered in the admissions process. But the challenge brought uh, in these cases is claiming that this is in effect race discrimination, that um, the use of affirmative action and admissions is, is, is in violation of uh, um, rights to, uh, of equality. And it's a very hot button political issue. And uh, as you know, Jeffrey, the makeup of the Supreme Court has uh, been significantly altered uh, as a result of uh, um, the election of president Trump in 2016. And he had the opportunity to uh, appoint uh, uh, a number of Supreme court justices and changing the balance of the court between um, liberal and conservative justices. So, you know, we have the abortion case uh, that's working its way uh, that's before the court. There's Second Amendment cases, and uh, now we have this affirmative action case. All very hot-button political subjects. Um, all matters of uh, great division within the country. And uh, I think the uh, a lot of people think that uh, that they're going to abolish. Um, considering race and admission standards, and if not, uh, dramatically narrow the way it can be used. Um, So, um, you know, we have, um, you know, one of the reasons it's so political is, is because, um, you know, for a long time, consideration of race has been allowed under uh, Supreme Court precedents and um, quotas are prohibited but uh, consideration of race has been allowed among other factors and uh, and the plaintiffs in the, I believe it's the Harvard case, did a uh, statistical analysis showing how it impacts um, the the people in the top tier of their classes, uh, how how they're uh, what the result is in terms of college admissions for Asians, Asian Americans, Hispanics, um, African Americans, and uh, um, so. But there was a, a a lengthy trial in the Harvard case that I'm uh, that I followed. 130-page decision, I think it was, by the federal judge finding for Harvard. It was affirmed on appeal, and now the Supreme Court's going to take the case and um, along with the other case. So um, I am skeptical that they're taking the case in order to affirm the decisions below. There'll be I, I, in all likelihood some change
0: well I've you know I've heard uh, grumblings about affirmative action you know the, the uh, you know and I, I seem to remember Dershowitz you know talking about the problems with affirmative action that it actually discriminated against some smaller minorities that have uh, benefited by being in America for a longer time and you know as you said maybe a more minor decision maybe this is just a time to adjust it to the current, you know, dynamics of America not really eliminated. But what I'm thinking is if they do make some decision, there's going to be implications across the whole country. won't 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 there won't this trickle down to a statewide level in multiple states? We'll see lawsuits in other states?
1: Absolutely. It will set the nationwide rule regarding whether race can be considered in the admissions factor. So it'll impact. Every state, um, because it's. Uh, um, and and I, I think the court, um, you know, based upon past cases, have. Uh, uh, and in the new makeup of the court, um, I think there's a little bit of a signal is going to be a pretty dramatic change, if not a. Uh, elimination of race as a factor. It's just another example of the consequences of elections. And the, um, um, you know, we have, um, you know, a third of the court is, was uh, uh, appointed and affirmed by President Trump, highly uh, unusual uh, one-term president would get that much of an opportunity to, um, you know, to uh, nominate uh, new judges. So as judges retire and new judges come on the court it has implications and, you know, uh, our uh, federal elections um, are critically important in deciding so many policies and, and uh, who is on the bench is is one of the um, one of the things that gets decided in large part in elections. I mean, the federal judges do have to be um, approved by the by the Senate, but you know, if you have the president and the same party controlling the Senate, <clears throat> there's not a, a lot of check and balance there. So. Um, So it's, I think, a fairly uh, dramatic change in the court, much more conservative court. And uh, we'll have to see what the ruling is on in this case.
0: So, again, I'm going to go by the assumption that uh, there's going to be some adjustment just for the sake of discussion. And I can't help but think that if that happens, that would have implications for hiring practices of corporations, who have been following affirmative action rules as well and trying to abide by certain standards for hiring uh, that someone's going to start challenging that as well so if it starts at schools and things change it's going to go to employers there are more people being employed than there are people going to school and i know as a management consultant you know as a as, as an attorney that uh, employers are very concerned about how they hire what they say when they hire who they look at how they fire Uh, You know, how to, you know, who's easier to fire than others and an employee at will. So I would think this could trickle down all the way through our economic system to entrepreneurs as well. Do you agree?
1: Yes. Um, You know, there are, you know, there are laws that prohibit discrimination, right? So what's, you know, what is discrimination is, is what the court is grappling with and uh, different people view it very differently. We, um, I mean, look at Harvard, for example, as an employer. It's a huge, it's a huge enterprise. Big business. Uh, um, uh, the number of people employed in government, and then you have all the companies that accept um, government money. In one way or or another, that are are bound to those standards. So it's it's a huge case that I think will have dramatic implications, not just to the admissions process, and uh, you know it's it's something our our country started with uh, slavery, and this has a history. Um, going back even after the abolition of slavery, of discrimination and, you know, it's just been a a struggle for 200 and almost 250 years around, uh, you know, dealing with race in our country. And this is just another example in the evolution, which is, you know, and part of it is a legal Battle and part of it is just a political battle of where we are, where we've been. Um, you know, are we, have we evolved to the point of uh, not needing race to be a factor? Is it, um, so I mean, as long as um, I've been practicing law, the subject of race has been a, uh, an important part of Supreme Court cases, state court cases, <clears throat> the interpretation of federal statutes, the interpretation of state statutes, rules made by agency. Um, this is a societal wide issue of great significance, and you know now we have a a, a point where the There are new judges on the Supreme Court and they seem to adhere to, uh, uh, you know, you never know what a judge is gonna do once they're on the court, but based upon their history, it would be, um, I'm skeptical that the court's gonna affirm the lower court rulings in the case.
0: Well, overturning rulings, I uh, think you would know, you know, what the batting average is on that. It'll be interesting to see. the 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 part that I sort of feel again is this uh, that n- almost no matter what happens, there's anger on both sides of fairness. <laughs> and this this uh, strife that exists between different groups that feel that they're being taken advantage of on both sides. I think is just going to continue. And it it create it does create problems in a lot of in a lot in, and in the workplace, you know. Don't talk politics, <laughs> you know. it's It's a dangerous it's a dangerous discussion to ever have politics in the workplace being discussed.
1: We, you know, in terms of education, I've always thought education is the key to economic opportunity, and you know, we when I was younger, I'm still young as you know. But when, I, when I, I went to a public college where the tuition was very small. And I think when it was raised by $100 per semester, there were massive student protests. But a lot of first, uh, first uh, folks in a family to go to college. And uh, so the whole subject of educational opportunity is a gut-wrencher it's a um and uh you know the affordability of college the access to college and now we're talking about the elite colleges too
0: well it's a it's a hot topic uh i know it's interesting i you know i went to university in canada at all schools in Canada are public colleges, and Canadians are the most, I think by percentage, the highest educated people in the world. It was always expected that everyone would go to university. I think when I went to university, it was $600 a year. So, uh, and to get a quality education. And it just it was assuming that you, when you're in Canada and you're competing with the largest economy in the world, everybody's got to be educated. You know, you don't have a choice. So it's interesting how things have evolved and changed. Uh, I think you brought up a great subject, Mark. I know we're going to be talking about it again. If someone's looking for you, uh, as I said, these issues do trickle down to organizations. How do they find you at Tarlo, Breedhart & Rogers?
1: I can be reached at mfirman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at tbhr-law.com or at 617-218-2025.
0: That's Mark Furman, Entrepreneurship and the Law from the law firm of Tarla Breedhart and Rogers. My name is Jeffrey Davis from Mage LLC, and we uh, will be right back with more stories on Radio Entrepreneurs.